I'm convinced that one of the things most lacking in this world are godly dreamers and hopers. We need so many more of them. God is a dreamer and hoper. Correction. God is the dreamer and hoper. One of his dreams is for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. David understood this, and it's part of how his life was able to change the world. In Psalms 27, 13, David said, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Do you have a desire to change the world? Then you got to be a better hoper and dreamer. In this episode, I conclude my latest conversation with Andrea Garwood. We try to give you practical advice about hope. The truth is, hope existed before you were created. So, if you're breathing, there's hope available. The puzzle lies in how to experience more of it. And my desire is that this episode helps you with that. Let's start the show. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. We can't move without hope. Yeah. There, there, there is no ability to even use faith if we don't have hope. Um, I, I believe that hope is like our battery. It's a battery for our spirit, and 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 I think that the enemy, his one of his main tactics, is to take your battery out. Because he knows you won't ever move. Like without hope, you can't ever move. You, listen, if you don't even hope for yourself, like how can you effectively pray for somebody's healing? Like how can you, how can you like try to influence somebody or evangelize? How can you like do what God has called you to do if you don't even have hope? And that's why I love this scripture that I just read from Hebrews 6, because he said, the hope existed before you were created. It was it was created ahead of time. Let me read that again. This is where we find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us, he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. So be, he created the hope before he created you. The hope is there. But are you are we seizing it? Like yeah. are we are we like like PA said? Hope is a skill. Man, we, Christians, a lot of Christians really suck at hope. I know I did and probably still do. I still battle with hope, but my gosh, we need to get better at this, this guys. Hope is a skill. We need to get better at hope because we have a hope that's different. We have a hope that is different than the world who is using hope. Like a Gary Vaynerchuk, he's using hope. That guy's like, that guy's taking over the world using hope, but we got a living hope. Yes, yes. And I, I think in, in 
uh, you mentioned a couple of times that that's something you struggle with. I think as Christians, uh, we're all on different paths, right? We, we, we are, I shouldn't say different paths. We're on the same path as Christians because it's, it's one path, right? Narrow path. But we, ha- we are at different places on the path. That's what I'm, I'm told. And sometimes trauma causes us to not, um, to be kind of stuck on a path. Sometimes um, uh, lack of love that we've experienced, um, uh, not being confident in ourselves or in the people around us. There are lots of children without hope uh, uh, because of the trauma that in their own households that it's it's created or um, uh, disrespect. There are many things that cause us, like what do you call hope killers, right? Uh, things that will kill the hope in us. And sometimes it's a uh, continual, arduous work to stand in what God says, right? To stand in 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 hope, being hopeful and mindful of the word of God. And I, one of the things that I am constantly working on, John, is keeping my mind on whatsoever things are lovely and pure and good. Because as a kid, who, as a as a kid, I had trauma in my life, and one of the first things that pops into my spirit still, even though I've been working on this for many years, is to be skeptical. That's one of the whole killers. Ah, uh, yeah, they're saying that, but, and I have to say, oh, keep your mind on whatsoever lobby. They mean it. Believe what they're saying. Uh, or if it's if it's. You know, I don't know if about trusting that person. That's a whole killer, something that kills hope in us. Um, it's because we've experienced these um, betrayals or hurts or things of the past that it causes us to lose trust, to lose respect, to lose, uh, to be to have unforgiveness. These are all things that stops us from being hopeful, right? There are some things that uh, um, if we ourselves, we have to work through that. So. I am not a Pollyanna here that thinks that, oh, nobody struggles with it, or it's not something that, um, you know, good Christians struggle with. No, no, we are on a path. And and I think sometimes we don't, we, we it's our healing journey that brings us more towards that space of hopefulness and spreading that among other people. Sometimes we are in that path of, right now, I'm just trying to heal from the trauma that I just experienced. And so it's going to take me a minute before I get to that full hopefulness, right? I have to have trust that people won't continue to hurt me. So so while this is an expectation for all Christians, right, that we walk in hope, stand in hope, believe what God tells us, that the hope was ours even before we were born, right? Mm-hmm. We also walk, we have to walk in a realistic perspective to know that while that should be all of our um, experience. Some people ha- are further along the line with that beliefs and that experience, and some people are still moving towards that, right? Because of where they are. In- you know, I'm going to say something here that pe- some people may not agree with, but like one of the things I like to uh, want to do with this podcast is I want to poke holes in like religious mindsets. And I- I'll share stuff in my uh, in my experience like that, that scripture i would look at that scripture like um keep your mind on things that are beautiful pure all these things in a religious way and 
And so I, I always thought like, oh, that means go to church and that means this and that, uh, you know, keep it, keep it holy, you know, all this stuff. And and I didn't, I didn't even know what holy meant back then. But like, um, <laughs> you know, like, but let's make it practical. Like, I'll tell you what, sometimes watching a funny movie increases my hope. Like okay. laughing, laughing is like one of the best things you could do for hope, right? It is. It is. Ha having a great conversation with a friend who you, you tell jokes with, watching, you know, like um, a, a funny uh, TV series, you know, and let's go further than that. You know, have you ever eaten a meal so good, like your hope increases? That, that's, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful, that's some of the things that you could do. Let's not, you know, so, so like, I just want to tell the listeners, don't read that scripture, like, and, and make it religious. There are a lot of beautiful things that God created in this world, things to make your soul light up. Do those things. Keep your mind on those things because yeah. they help yeah. you realize there is a tomorrow. Like when you laugh, you realize like, wow, there's still good things, you know? And and John, the things you're talking about, um, I think it's so important. There's literal research to show how humor increases our mental health or or the way that we interact with other people. How, watching a good show for me, a good um, Christian um, uh, comedian, I, I uh, something that just makes me laugh or feel good, or being around people that creates that for me. Uh, because there's some people that are just hilarious john like i have friends that as they open their mouth i just laugh and laugh and laugh and and it may that may be the thing that draws me to that person and it's because laughter is good for the soul it, it does help us to hope for tomorrow because if we can laugh today maybe tomorrow i can laugh again. you know in, uh, in the midst of turmoil and that's all right go ahead no no please finish what you're saying I would say even in the midst of turmoil, if we can find some type of laughter, it'll move us out of that space into a lighter space. So it is very important. You know, um, I wanted to ask you, because it just came to me, uh, the importance of environment when it comes to hope. Um, because I'm, I'm remembering a, a time where I was working for this company and I was, I was getting promoted I, I think I had three promotions in a year and a half, which was unheard of. Like God was giving me favor mm -hmm. and like people were telling me, you know, John, if you stay here, I see you like becoming an executive and having a great future and all that stuff. And like, I was like, you know, really, you know, and, 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 um, and then God told me, wait and go somewhere else. And it was such Faith, it took a lot of faith to do that. But when I did, man, my hope shot up. I had no idea that the environment I was in was keeping my hope. Like, and I thought it was great. I thought it was like, oh, this is like, this is a great job. This is a great company. But once when I made that switch and I obeyed, the world opened up and um, so much freedom was brought into my life. Because I was in this system where like, you have to show up at this time, you have to leave at this time, you have to do things this way. It was very rigid. 
And I just thought that's the way life was, was supposed to be. But then like when I, when I obeyed God, not only did I have flexibility of time, they didn't care when I work. They didn't care if I even showed up to the office. They said I could work from home. Uh, they paid me so much more money. And I was like, wow, if I stayed there, I would have like thought this is it. But like it, it, the, by moving me to this new environment, God showed me that there was so much more to go after. So how important do you think in environment is in, play, in playing in hope? I think it's significant. Uh, uh, and it's what I mentioned earlier, right? It's like who you're around, what you're around. It will either propel you forward or, uh, or keep you stuck or have you go backwards, right? And so I think oftentimes we're look, we we don't we, we see the promotion and we don't see the other pieces that goes with it, right? In the example you gave of your own life, where they kept promoting you, but you're not looking at what expense, right? You're looking at the the benefits of the promotion. And sometimes if something is drawing hope from you, right? Then it's you may be financially being blessed, but your spirit and your mental health is. So if we're just looking to feed one part of ourselves, then you can stay in a company that does that, right? But I think it's uh, it's it's very important, John, to be in environments that you either infuse that hope. Maybe sometimes God puts you there for that, right? And sometimes it is that you do that for one another, right? Or um. Because I believe that as Christians, we ought to also change the atmosphere when we walk in. So people should not be okay with doing certain things around us, right? So, oh, maybe I usually am at a 10, you know, with my drinking, but oh, this person is around, so I'll keep it at a 5. You know, I'm not saying that they may change everything about them, but sometimes we are the, the change that brings the hope there. But sometimes... God, because it's drawing from us, God's like, let's get you out of there before you become who you're not. Or if you you are now in a depressed state when you're looking at, why would I be depressed if I'm getting promoted all day? So it's a significantly important um, um, uh, aspect of whether or not you stay hopeful, that you feel successful in all of those things. And I'd like to talk a little bit about other things that draws or bring yeah out john because it kind of relates here like um you talked a little bit about um humor but gardening yeah i have a sister that she is always in her garden she plants fruits and all these things and she's constantly there because it brings her joy and sometimes uh, it, it 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 brings her hope planting a seed even thinking that i could plant something and something good comes from it that yeah. by itself helps you with your hope. And and I think you watching it grow and knowing my hands went to do that, right? My 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 work went into seeing that thing blossom and grow and that thing, that person investing in other people's lives. So sometimes we we if I help somebody else, it makes me feel great too. Because I can look and say, hey, I had a hand in helping that person with that. So sometimes we we go inward and we become more and more hopeless because we're not allowing ourselves to be creative, to garden, to listen to humor, to 
appreciate the dawning of a new day, right? To just say, wow, this is a beautiful day. Look, if we are at 80, 60, 50 degree weather when some people are minus two. We're in Florida, so we can enjoy 70 to 85 in this time of year when most people are not. Just simple things like that and enjoy it. Even sometimes, um, like if you are at the beach in October, November, December, you ought to have so much hope that God is an amazing God whereas there are people that can't even leave their home because they're snowed in and there's so much ice on the road or whatever. Just just simple things, John. Simple things and being in environments. I love the water. I love being by the ocean. And I can tell you the best part about it is God's majesty. And if he can do this, there's nothing he cannot do. And I, every time I'm at the water, that's what comes in my spirit. My mind is racing right now. It happens a lot on this podcast. <laughs> so there, there's like three things I, I, I want to cover. Um, and I hope I remember them. Right of that. So um, I have a pet peeve. And uh, I am a son of immigrants who gave up so much to come here. And because of the, the mil, you know, my dad was in the military. I also was like traveling all the time. And so I was exposed to a lot of, you know, different types of cultures and, and, and countries and everything of that nature. And so, um, I've come to become really grateful, really grateful for living in the United States. And it just, it just, um, bothers me when, People lack perspective of what we have here, right? right? If you got to see what real poverty is, because the truth is, if you are making $35,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of the world, yeah. the top 1%. And, and, you know, there are people really, really struggling just to, to, to have something to eat right? And so we need to take that perspective. And I think perspective is extremely important with hope. What do you think? I agree. I think, uh, I, I remember just a short story. I went on a mission trip to Africa and to Ghana in 2004. And I came back, John, and, I, and I'm an immigrant child uh, who actually came here when I was age 12. Um, from Jamaica, it's this small island country that's poor, you know, and, but I'd lived here most of my life, but in 2004, I went to Africa and I just saw how people struggle just to eat. They walk tens and tens of miles to come to church, things that we take for granted or to go to work every day. And I remember saying to my sisters, my family, if I ever complain, just say Ghana to me. Because some, for me, being an immigrant myself who came here as a child, I think I forgot. I'd forgotten how cherished this life is, right? How right. being in America, we are so blessed. And I, I, I saw that I was taking these small things for granted when I went there and it just, having water, having a bed to sleep in, 
You have one room and there are 10 people in, in that room sleeping on the hard concrete floor. So, so I'm not saying that's all of Africa. I, I am saying what I saw caused me to remember how blessed we are and how much we should also give back to others uh, who are not as fortunate as us. So yes, perspective is everything. I think that sometimes God will cause other people to help us remember. For me, it was actually going on a mission trip to, to help bring supplies and the word of God and to help do some other things. But in the meantime, God reminded me, you know, you're taking for granted so many different things. And remember, remember, you are completely blessed. And so that's one of the reasons we um, that we stay hopeful is when we recognize that we have that perspective to 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 say, hey, I am blessed beyond measure. <laughs> I may not have every single thing I want, but I am blessed. And to understand that perspective is is so key, um, but perspective won't happen. Won't good uh, true perspective, true healthy perspective, won't be attained if we stay in the same place all the time. I honestly, honestly believe that traveling is not only good for the soul. It's imperative for the soul because you don't even know what you have. You don't even know the good things in your life unless there's a contrast. And, I, and I'm not talking just like financial guys. I'm talking about like skills and abilities. Um, you know, I have certain skills and abilities that I didn't even think were skills and abilities until I hung out with people who didn't have those things. And I went, oh, that's easy for me. I guess I have a skill. You know, I'm going to yeah. work on it. I'm going to get better at it, you know? And so like exposing yourself to new environments, traveling, I think is just one of the main ways that we need to feed our soul and to get healed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard a quote. It says, hope lies in dreams, in imagination, and in the courage of those who dare to make dreams into a reality. I think, I, I love quotes. I'm a quotes person. I put them all over uh, my home, my my phone, everything. And when I see a good one, I, ho I hold it. But with hope lies in dreams, in imagination, and in courage. So it's our understanding too that when we recognize it, we grab it and we don't let it go. We grab it and, and and be grateful and remind ourselves, hey, don't stay stuck in feeling sad or hopeless, um, because you because these are the many different reasons why it's life is so great in your in your shoes. And even what the other bigger part of that, John, the people were so happy with the little they had. I promise you, I saw children that were maybe seven selling on the street, but they had a joy inside of them. They had hope. They had the, so, so sometimes we we get so bogged down by our things that we forget to be hopeful. They didn't have anything and they were full of hope. So it it I mean people who don't have anything can teach us great lessons. <laughs> great lessons. Amen. 
I think Amen. the fact that we have so much blinds our eyes, blinds our hope, it blinds our faith. And if we can just keep our eyes on the things that, and the people just being grateful for who God has put around you. You know, even if it's one person, if it's one thing, just keeping our eyes stayed on that is so important. So I try to practice gratefulness and I'll be honest with you, it's been difficult to practice gratefulness because like it feels like I'm trying to force my mind to think like something. But when you say when you say it like that, because like like I'm a very disciplined guy. I um and I learned that from sports. Like just doing sports, I always felt like, you know, if I put in the work, I could be better than other people. So that has always stuck with me, like when it comes to skills and, and I that carried off over to business. I actually even carried especially into my my Christian walk. I was like, okay, I will be disciplined. I will do this. But like when it comes to gratefulness, these past like three years uh, through this hopeless time, um, I would, okay, I'll discipline myself into gratefulness and, and it just doesn't work. But when you say that, when you're exposed to people who don't have much, you can't help but be grateful. I just thought of something. So when God told me to start this podcast, I was super nervous. I kept thinking, who would want to hear anything from me? You know, <laughs> but I obeyed and uh, it was scary. It was so scary, PA. Um, but I put into work and now it's this podcast that people listen to. And um, before, you know, I started talking to you today, I had a meeting with someone who reached out to me. It's um, uh, a husband and wife. They're millennials. They live in California. And um, uh, they they have their own podcast. And they were like, uh, we really like your podcast. And, and, and so, like, we had this great conversation. And we're even talking about doing things together. But that wouldn't have happened if I didn't become willing to be uncomfortable, to be willing to step out despite my fear. And because I did that, hope increased. Like now my I'm dreaming and I'm going, wow, like this opened a whole new canvas. Remember how I said like the canvas hope is like a canvas and the bigger the hope, the bigger the canvas. And my, my canvas got bigger. And so like now I see I could paint a bigger picture. I could paint something much bigger. And so how important is it that people be willing to be uncomfortable and to do things that they're scared of? Oh, I love that question. That's part of what we talk about in counseling is, is you know what courage is? Courage is is being scared but doing it anyway. doesn't mean you're not scared. It doesn't mean that you're... I think sometimes we see courageous people and we think, oh my gosh, they're so courageous. There's no fear in them. There's no anxiety. There's no hesitation. It doesn't mean any of that. The great athlete who's doing all that they're doing is doing. They were once probably uh, um, nervous to begin it, but courage is is feeling it, feeling the hesitation, the 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 fear, even doubting yourself, but doing it anyway, trying something new. And I truly um, 
I, I, be, I believe sitting with the uncomfortable is an important practice in becoming better, becoming, I use the word better as, as in, in any way, wiser, smarter, um, more mentally um, healthy, uh, whatever. And, and I, in, in counseling, I do the uncomfortable. I ask people to sit in uncomfortable places, to talk about, to, to visit dark things so that you can get to the other side of it, right? And so it's um, sitting with the uncomfortable later will bring you success, will bring you health, will bring you peace. Because the longer you sit with it, the more you want to get out of it, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Because when when you're sitting in a, an uncomfortable place, you're like shifting your body. It says, how can, how can I sit in, how can I move to something that's a little bit more? And so I think sometimes when we decide to be obedient to God, right, to 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 start on a course, uh, we are afraid, we question, what do I have to give, whatever, and it's that uncomfortable place, but you decide to sit in it, and from that came the fruit, right, because it, you, you, you were courageous, you walked even though, despite you had all of those reservations, and now you're, that's sitting with the uncomfortable, it's understanding that, even though this is uncomfortable, I am deciding to move in the uncomfortable. And hopefully, that's where that hope comes in, right? Is that as I'm sitting, it's going to get a little bit less uncomfortable. And I hope to even enjoy it. So it's a transitional space, right? It's a transitioning position that you're taking that gets you to the other side of the road where you now feel joy. I say, when I'm with you, I can see that you're in your element, John. I can see that this is this is something you're now comfortable with, that you're enjoying. And and even when you talk about, hey, can you come talk again? The, the enjoyment that's in you, even as you even ask for me to come again, and I I I, I can see that. But I think so many of us want to avoid the uncomfortable, the thing that may be painful. But it's in that that true, true com the, the the comfort, the happiness, the joy, the hope will be birthed if we allow ourselves to stand in that space and still begin to work and move. I think that's interesting because my pastor told me last week. He goes, John, I listened uh, to another one of your episodes, and it's just you. You sound so professional. It I I didn't expect you to sound like you do. And um, it was just a validation, you know, and I, and it made me think, like, what if I didn't obey? Like, what if I listened to that voice that said, you know, no one's going to listen to you, you know? And I honestly, through this experience, I honestly believe that hope, like, if you feel stagnant, your hope is being held back. Yeah. It, it doesn't grow. It, it, it's, that is not fertile ground. If you're feeling like, if you're feeling stagnant, your spirit is trying to tell you and your soul is trying to tell you, let's, let's, let's awaken up. Yeah. We need hope. Like, come on, let, let's do something. Let's move. Let's, let's, let's use our faith. Let's, let's get uncomfortable. Let's, let's do something that's scary. Yeah. 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 And that's, then that's scary to some folks, but it can, nothing when I look at Simone Biles, the great gymnast, the goat of gymnastics, 
Yeah. I am sure that there were many days and years of discomfort yeah. for her to get to that point. When we look at the great swimmer, Michael Bell, right? The GOAT. Michael didn't start out being the GOAT. He had to get to these uncomfortable places and discipline himself and his body to get to the other side. And hope, as I began, if, uh, I said it is a discipline that we develop. It is, you may, some may even say, a spiritual discipline that we need to practice daily, right? But it, as we are practicing hope, even in the uncomfortable places, right? That's where it's needed most of the time because they're uncomfortable places. We know that God will usher us through till we get to the end, right? Where we can then share that hope with someone else and be able to share how God brought us. I think it's a phenomenal discipline to have. You mentioned on that quote, uh, you mentioned dreaming and imagination. I was listening to one of my favorite teachers yesterday, and he said that imagination is the language of heaven. Like, and I think what he meant is like, you you can't even have, use faith if you're not using your imagination. Um, and, and it's part of the process, right? So if God says something, you imagine, uh, the, the Bible sa says that when Mary uh, received word that uh, she, uh, Jesus was in her, she pondered, like, she imagined it. She was imagining it. Like something about like when God impregnates you, your imagination needs to be used so that whatever can be birthed. And like God even uses imagination. He said, he goes, I can do more than you imagine. So he's like recognizing like imagination is part of the process, but I could even do more than you imagine. So how important is dreaming and an imagination for hope? Yes. So um, I think hope lies in dreaming, right? It's at the foundation of dreaming. And that's what the quote says. It's it's hope lies in dreams, in, in imagination, and in the courage of those who dare to make dreams into a reality. So I think it's the springboard. Hope is the springboard. Like, when God gave you the dream of this podcast, you know, it was a springboard. You had to function in hope to say, okay, I'm scared. I don't, what, what do I have to give to people? But you had enough hope to say something, something I have. You, this dream is not going to come to fruition unless I have some hope that there is some little speck I can offer to others. And in that springboard to move it, in imagination, right? What will this look like? And and imagination is is um, what do they call it? Um, it will help to birth. It's the mother, right? Is it, it will help to birth whatever that you're imagining about, right? So again, right. it's a springboard. They're both springboards in order to be able to walk in hope, right? To 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 have hope, dreaming. Okay, so that looks possible. It gives me a vision imagination lets me see what I probably didn't see before. Um, um, dreams let me see what I couldn't see before. I dreamt of having a mental health business when I was young, right? 
And unless I could see it, I, it would not come to pass. So it helps to birth hope. And then that whole hope births for me more putting legs to, to, to what I've, I dreamt up before or imagined before. Okay, so I, I hope I can do this, but I have to look at how do I, uh, how do I make it happen? How do I create a business? Okay, do I need a license for this? Then you start to put the legs once hope is activated. And in those legs being put on the vehicle, on the chair, then we're able to sit still and firmly on that foundation, right? On that, we can get that car moving because it's firmly in place that we're able to move towards our dreams and our goals, right? So I, I see them as integral. Wow. This is, I've learned so much from this conversation. Um, I'd love to leave the floor to you. Uh, is there anything else you want to to mention to close us out? I do, actually. There was a scripture, I'm looking for it now, that I wanted to share because uh, we know uh, Romans 8, 24 and 25. It says, for in this hope we are saved. He's our hope. God's our hope, right? Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what is seized. Now hope, sorry, that is seen is not hope, period. For who hopes for what we, what he has seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So I think sometimes um, we go weary when we're hoping for something, right? And sometimes we aren't even, we, 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 we're like, okay, God, where is this thing that I've been waiting on for so long? And um, true hope, we are hoping God, he is our hope, right? Allows us to be able to be patient in the waiting. I think Vicky Yui has a song about patient in the waiting. And I remember I would just listen to that for so long because there was a time I was impatient in waiting on the Lord for a, a partner, for a husband. And, and I, I remember he gave me the scripture and gave me the song to be patient in the waiting because of who he is, because he is my hope and his plans are for my good. And so I like for those who may not have hope today to remember that uh, we hope in a God that is mighty, that is powerful. And he gives it as when we sit with him, he gives us the hope and the, and the patience we need to wait. And I think that's important. I, and I heard a quote that says, hope is always present inside our soul, right? And I, I believe that's the Holy Spirit that's in us. That's always, that's because God is our hope and, and the Holy Spirit lives in us and is with us all the time. And it sings songs even when there are no words. And even when the storms of life seem severe, that hope is still deep down and Sometimes I can't pray, John, but that hope that there, there will be a humming that comes. And people used to laugh at me because sometimes I start a, to pray for somebody by humming, but they just don't know that's the hope bubbling up, the Holy Spirit that I don't know the words yet. So the hum comes and then afterward, the words to pray comes. And we never lose hope because that is in each and every one of us. And we must acknowledge its presence by listening to that 
voice, that small voice that is the hope that we have. And that's our God. So that's what I'd like to leave with the listeners. We serve a God of hope. And, you know, the Bible says that faith is the substance, substance of things hoped for, meaning it's a real thing. You know, it says like God is the author and the finisher of our faith. It's a real thing. I believe that if we could see into the spiritual realm, we would see someone's faith. Yeah. Um, I also believe we would see their hope. I believe that hope is a real thing as well. Mm-hmm. And we have been given a hope. We have been given a faith. And it's our responsibility to use it. It's not this thing that just stays stagnant inside us and we set it and forget it. It's a yeah. tool that we must use to function in our identity, to function and and finish our calling. And so PA and, and I encourage you, get good at hope. Yeah. Not like the world hope, but get good at a living hope. Seize it. Just like the scripture said, seize the living hope that was established before you even existed. He gave you hope even before he created you. The hope was there before you. He said it like, I'm going to, I'm this, like, John is going to be a person of hope. So I'm going to create hope first. And then he made me. And now I have this everlasting hope. I just need to use it. Amen. 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 And thanks again for a great conversation. I appreciate you. Thank you, John, for inviting me. I always enjoy my time with you, and I hope your audience is enriched by what we had to say here today. Hey, I hope you liked the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and also subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace.